In episode 529, we are talking all about overwhelm. Overwhelm as an entrepreneur, how to move through it. I give you some of my best tips and tricks so that you never have to experience overwhelm ever again. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide, Comparisonitis, and Time Magic. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Today, we are taking a magnifying glass on a topic every entrepreneur has struggled with, and that is overwhelm. We're going to talk about hacks and strategies to overcome it. And the way we're going to do this and the reason that this episode is going to be so incredibly useful for you is that we're going to look at the four main root causes of overwhelm and then dig into specific strategies to address each of them. I am so excited for this because I definitely have struggled with overwhelm. So no matter which particular cause of overwhelm is impacting you the most right now, you are going to walk away with tips and strategies that can suit your particular situation and jump you out of that crappy feeling of relentless overwhelm. I know you know what I'm talking about. So on that note, I also want to take a moment before we even begin to say that if you are not an entrepreneur, please stick around because these strategies can be super useful for everyone. All of these strategies can translate to other areas of your life, whether it's your work, your parenting, your creative projects, your personal life, whatever. You will get so much out of this. So even if you don't have your own business, please stay with me. There are going to be so many valuable takeaways for you. I also want to just give a little disclaimer of sorts because I think that this is an area that a lot of people experience a degree of shame around. If you are a business owner or an entrepreneur and you experience overwhelm, I just want you to know that you are not alone. In fact, I'd go as far to say that you are well and truly in the majority here. It happens to all of us, including me, and no way does it mean that you are not cut out for being an entrepreneur. It is easy to start doubting yourself when you feel overwhelmed, but I want you to set aside those inner criticisms for now and trust me that there are actionable, practical things that you can do to put an end to your overwhelm for good, okay? Trust me on that. So let's get started. The first cause of overwhelm that I want to focus on is what I call solo syndrome. Many, many, many entrepreneurs start out as solopreneurs, a team of one, which means you are wearing all the hats, been there, done that. You're trying to be and do everything from the actual work that you do, whether that's as a coach, consultant, service provider, whatever. Plus, you're also trying to be the marketing manager, the bookkeeper, the financial advisor, the social media manager, the content creator, the video editor, 
copywriter, web designer, graphic designer, timekeeper, decision maker. Heck, you are even the tea maker. It can be a lot. I know because I have been in that exact position. Now, the drive behind this is awesome because let's be real, starting your own business often means bootstrapping your way up. It's about conserving resources, cutting costs, and pouring every ounce of dedication into your business. And the underlying thought is often, if I can do it myself, why should I pay someone else? I said that to myself many times at the start. Now, wearing all of the hats is often necessary in those early stages of your business. But here's the thing. If you don't adjust your tactics quickly, it's also a surefire recipe for overwhelm. Think about it. One person, endless tasks, 24 hours in a day. The math just doesn't add up, my friends. So when you fall prey to solo syndrome, there can be quite a few less than great flow on effects too. For example, this approach can hinder your overall business growth by preventing you from acting as the CEO of your business. Instead, you get entrenched in the nitty-gritty details of every task. So there's no room to step back, strategize, and innovate. And the bigger picture can get super blurry when you're caught up in every tiny detail of the day-to-day stuff. I have been there. Solo syndrome can also keep you bogged down in stuff that you don't really love. Now, I'm betting that you're absolutely fantastic at what you do, but solo syndrome pulls you away from your natural strengths and your zone of genius. And you can end up wasting a lot of time trying to figure stuff out that doesn't necessarily light you up and come naturally to you. Also, solo syndrome is just not sustainable, my friend. As the business grows, so do the responsibilities. The inbox gets fuller, the tasks multiply, but the hours in your day they stay the same. They stay the same. So no wonder getting everything done can feel trickier and trickier and make you feel more and more overwhelmed, not to mention completely exhausted. So all that said, it's worth stating there are real benefits in doing everything yourself. So please don't feel bad if this is where you're at right now. I have been there. And sometimes the budget just won't allow for you to get help in all the areas that you need. So of course, you're going to do the things yourself. Also, solo syndrome can give you a real sense of creative control. There's comfort in thinking that by doing everything ourselves, we can control the quality, the pace, and the outcomes. The problem is, as the tasks pile up, this illusion of control starts to crack. And we're left with the stark truth that there's just too much for one person. And something is going to give if you don't start making some changes. So what's the antidote to solo syndrome? The first and most important step is to start taking yourself out of tasks that you either don't enjoy doing, you don't need to be doing, that aren't in your natural zone of genius, or that can save you lots of time by delegating. Okay, so if you've got the budget, I want you to think straight away about the tasks that you are doing at the moment that you either don't like, you're not good at, or that take you a million times longer than you want them to. 
So write those things down, write all of those tasks down. That right there, that list is the first thing that you need to delegate. So common areas you might want to look at are web development, graphic design, tech help of any sort, copywriting, bookkeeping, or maybe hiring a virtual assistant. So for me, the very first hire I made in my business to start sharing the load was a virtual assistant, which I shared with one of my best friends. So we shared, her name was Tina. We shared Tina and she did VA work for both of us. And it was relatively cheap and it just made such a difference. It gave me back so much time. She took off my hands a lot of the admin tasks and it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. It was amazing. So if you don't have the budget for delegating straight away, I want you to start thinking creatively about this situation. Is there someone that you can swap services with? So you do something for them that is your natural strength while they take over something for you that is their natural zone of genius. These are sometimes called contra swaps and they can be a very simple and accessible way to start breaking the cycle of solo syndrome. So again, I did this in my very early days. I had a guy friend who was an incredible web designer and he wanted to learn how to cook healthy and get healthy. So I would cook for him and he would do my web design. It was awesome. Such a great contra swap. So get creative and do some contra swaps. I have one more step for you here as well. Wherever your starting point for this delegation, whether you're hiring someone or swapping services or whatever it is, I also want you to identify your next point of delegation. So what comes next? What tasks can you pass off next? This is your next level of freedom. Your next level of reducing overwhelm and identifying it right now gives you something to aim for. Now you can create videos of exactly how you want certain things done when you pass them over. You can train the people. So don't worry about quality control. You can still train them to do it exactly how you want to do it. So chill. It's all good. You can pass that on so that you have more time for your zone of genius. Okay, so that's our first area of overwhelm for entrepreneurs, solo syndrome. And you now have the antidote for it, delegation, which can look like different things depending on what you are ready for and where you're at in your business. Okay, now let's move on to the next key cause of overwhelm for entrepreneurs, the plague of perfectionism. Again, my hand is raised right now. This one hits very, very close to home for me. It's something I definitely struggled with in my early years of entrepreneurship and sometimes still to this day. I think a lot of us can relate to this. We want things to be perfect in our business, the perfect launch, the perfect post, the perfect product, but perfection doesn't exist and chasing it exhausts us mentally and emotionally. And it's a key cause of overwhelm for entrepreneurs. Now, I want you to take a moment to reflect. Have you ever found yourself spending endless hours obsessing over minor details of your business, like obsessing over the exact shade of blue for your logo or rewriting an email a million times that you practically have it memorized? If that is you, you have been bitten by this sneaky snake of perfectionism 
And holy smokes, can that bad boy sink its teeth in? So just so you don't think that you're alone in this, let me tell you. I remember one time when I was revamping my website a long, long, long time ago, and I spent a week, literally a week, trying to decide which photo to use as the main banner on my website. It was truly stressing me out which photo to use. And it was on my mind all week and I couldn't concentrate properly on any of my other tasks. And I remember when I finally asked a friend what she thought about which picture I should use, she was like, they both look pretty much the same. I really don't think it matters. And here I was stressing out over it and just wasting so much time and energy. And I think that can happen a lot as entrepreneurs. We waste a lot of time and energy stressing over things being perfect. So that is an example of the crux of perfectionism. So often we spend all this time trying to reach this mythical state of perfect when aiming for good is actually enough and sometimes even indistinguishable, just like (laughs) with that photo scenario. So Aiming for high standards isn't bad. I'm not saying that. It's not what I'm saying. But when I want this to be good, it turns into this must absolutely 100% be perfect. And if it's not, I might as well crawl into a hole. Then we have a serious problem. So here's the deal. Perfectionism can really throw you off your path. It can make decision-making harder. It can gobble up your precious time and energy. And it can lead to burnout. And it's just not fun. It is truly not fun. So let's talk about how to break the cycle of perfectionism so that it stops sending you straight into overwhelm city. So first of all, I want you to embrace the power of good enough. Now, this was big for me to grasp, but it's just so much easier living my business life like this. Perfectionism whispers in your ear constantly saying, just one more tweak or it's still not quite right. But here's the secret. Your good enough might be someone else's brilliant. So next time you find yourself trapped in the endless cycle of editing, tweaking and adjusting, just remember so, so, so often stopping yourself when you're reaching good enough status can be far more valuable and far more profitable than waiting for this elusive moment of perfection. And most of your customers or audience will not even notice the difference. Seriously, perfectionism can paralyze you. It will stop you from launching. It'll stop you from putting your incredible work out there. And secondly, let time decide for you when something is good enough. Like, what if I told you a simple kitchen timer could be your new best friend in the fight against perfectionism? Like, this is seriously true. So set yourself a specific time to complete a task. Maybe it's 30 minutes to draft that email or an hour to decide on a design. Now, when that timer dings, step back and assess. If it's not perfect, which, just a little spoiler alert here, it probably won't be, but is it good enough, my friend. Then take a deep breath and move on. Like how freeing is that? Do you know how many times, like for my first book, I read that draft 
over and over and over again. And my publisher was like, Melissa, you have to hand it in now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I just need to read it one more time. Just one more time. Just one more time. Just one more time. And she was like, Melissa, it's time to hand your book over. And then I just had to hand it in. So let go of perfectionism. And just so you know, there can be huge power in using self-imposed deadlines in this way. If you really aren't happy with your work or you truly aren't finished when the timer goes off, start the process again. How much time do you want to devote to this? Are you happy to dedicate another half hour or hour or day or whatever it is to this process or this decision? And if so, then by all means, schedule that in and go ahead. When the timer dings again, stop and assess. Is it good enough? Yes? Then stop working on it and ship it. Be done with it and move on to the next thing, my friend. Don't think about it. Move on. There comes a time where you just have to hand the book in, so to speak. And for me, with that crippling indecision about which photo to use for my website banner, if I'd gotten conscious about it, I probably would have been happy to devote an hour or two to getting the banner spot on. But I certainly wouldn't have wanted it to be something that plagued me. And that intruded on every task I did for a whole week. Seriously, a whole week. So I think this strategy of setting a time limit would have really helped me back then, just like I hope it helps you now, and setting those self-imposed deadlines. And also, setting limits like this can free up hours of time each week and can help you get through more tasks so your overwhelm can drastically reduce in more ways than one, which is exactly what we want, isn't it? Okay, thirdly, When it comes to beating perfection, I want you to chat with a friend or a colleague. So if you think back to my story again of the photo, it was chatting to a work friend, someone else who had a business, and it was her words that helped me to see my perfection for what it was. So this is a great tactic for you to swipe and keep in your back pocket for those moments when perfectionism hits. If you've got a fellow entrepreneur buddy or a mentor, go to them. Sometimes just chatting with someone, sharing your perfectionist struggles can provide a fresh perspective. They might just point out that the detail you've been obsessing over for days doesn't matter as much as you think, or they might just give you a playful nudge to stop overthinking and to hit the publish button. So to wrap this up, perfectionism can seem like it's the best way to achieve success because everything will be quote unquote perfect, right? But more often than not, it's just a slippery slope to feeling overwhelmed and stuck and actually not putting your work out there, which is not what we want. We want your magical work out into the world, helping, serving, and inspiring others. So now that we've nipped perfectionism in the bud, let's look at the third major cause of overwhelm for entrepreneurs, something I like to call work creep. If you've ever worked in a corporate environment or on a big project, you might have heard the term scope creep. Scope creep is when the parameters of a project start to shift and expand. So imagine you're asked to design and build a one-page website for a new product. You've got a clear brief, a simple design, a few photos, and the basic product details. That's it. But as the project progresses, everyone starts to ask for more features 
and more bells and whistles. Let's add in a video, a testimonial, an FAQ section, and a live chat box, and some extra website pages. Until suddenly, the scope of the project has blown out so far that it doesn't even resemble the original project anymore. So that is scope creep. Now, work creep is a similar idea. It's when your work starts creeping into all aspects of your life until you no longer have any clear division between your work and your personal life and your work starts permeating everything. The sneaky thing about work creep for entrepreneurs is that it can be so subtle at first that you barely even notice it happening. You mentally tell yourself that you only work from, say, nine to five each day, but then you start working a bit after dinner and then on the weekends too, and then you leave your laptop set up permanently on the dining room table so that it's basically a permanent presence in your life. And before you know it, you're not having any real time off from work. Work has crept in and taken over. Work creep is a huge cause of overwhelm for entrepreneurs because if your work is invading all aspects of your life, you never feel like you're getting a real break from it. Your brain never gets a chance to fully switch off and unwind. And you always feel like you're on and like you've got one foot in work mode at all times. This is not sustainable, my friend. I have been there. Now, if you relate to this and you think that you might be suffering from some serious work creep, I'm going to share with you three strategies that can help. The first one, set physical boundaries. First and foremost, we need to talk about physical boundaries. So remember that example of having a laptop permanently set up on your dining room table? That example wasn't by accident. It is a trap that so many entrepreneurs and people who work from home fall into. Having clear physical boundaries between your work and your home life can really help you switch off, have better breaks, and thereby reduce your overwhelm. If it's possible, set up a dedicated workspace, even if it's just a small desk in a corner of a room. It really doesn't matter, but it's your work area. This can make the world of difference. By physically compartmentalizing where work happens, you are sending a clear signal to your brain about where work starts and ends. This boundary, though it seems simple, creates a mental division. When you leave that space, it becomes clear to leave the work behind. And I just see this too much, especially for people that work from home. The lines get so blurred and overwhelm creeps in. Now, if you are short on space, which I totally get, been there, done that, currently right now, we are building our dream home, as you guys know, and we are renting. And so my office is also my stepson's bedroom. When he's not here, this is my office. So You just got to do what you got to do. I mean, he's not here all the time, so it kind of feels like my office. But when he's here, this is where he sleeps in here. So this is something I had to address. And just recently, the home that we were in, that we've knocked down, which we're now building, I was working in my bedroom 
guys, the overwhelm was real. It was big. It was full on. But when we moved here and I was finally able to have a dedicated workspace with a door that I could close and go upstairs and sleep, it made a huge difference. I find it's so much easier to limit work creep when I have got a dedicated space. But I know it might not be possible for you. So even just packing up your work materials at the end of your day and storing them out of sight in a cupboard or whatever can have huge benefits. That way, every time you walk past your dining room table or your bedroom or wherever you have chosen to do your work, you're not instantly feeling that mental drain of work or feeling like you are on and you should be able to switch off from that, which is very good for your brain. Very, very, very good for your brain. So when you're working, you work. When you're not working, you are with your family, relaxing, doing whatever it is that you enjoy in your, our non-work time. Okay, now let's move on to the next strategy for stopping work creep in its tracks. Number two, embrace time blocking. If you're familiar with this strategy, time blocking is essentially scheduling specific blocks of time for particular tasks or types of work. We talk about this a lot in Time Magic. Now, instead of letting tasks float around unscheduled, you assign them a specific slot. So maybe from 9 to 10.30, it's content creation. And then from 10.30 to 11, it's email time. And by doing this, you not only become more efficient, but more importantly, you set clear start and end times. This way, when 5 p.m. or whatever your end time is, you know it's time to shut down and transition into personal time. And hey, there is no shame in setting an alarm to remind yourself to log off. Seriously, do it. It's just so easy to keep working and working and working and working. I know before I had my daughter, I would just do that. Now I don't because I have my daughter and I have my nanny at set times when I work. But if you don't have kids, set an alarm. So the third strategy is have a digital detox during your evenings or weekends. Like seriously, I want you to consider implementing a digital detox. This could be one evening a week, a full day, or even an entire weekend where you consciously step away from work-related digital devices. No work emails on your phone, no quick peeks at the Slack or the work chat, and certainly no deep dives into project management tools. The idea here is to give your mind a complete break from the digital tentacles of your work so that it can't suck you back in and so that you truly switch off, rejuvenate, rebuild, enjoy your life, and then you can come back to it. By regularly disconnecting, you allow your brain to recharge and refresh, which is crucial if you want to beat overwhelm. And if you are in the long game, you want your business to be sustainable and you want to be in business for a very long time? We got to do this. Otherwise, you're going to burn out, my friends. And we don't want that. And plus, let's just be real here. It's also the best way to ensure that you actually are living the life that you want to live, connecting with your loved ones or spending time in nature or even just laying down with a good book, whatever tickles your fancy. That is what life is about. Work is awesome, but don't forget to live your life. Sitting behind your laptop by yourself, work, 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 work. You want to make sure that you are living your life. So, to sum this up, when it comes to work creep, the key is drawing boundaries however you can, physically or 
with your schedule or whatever to safeguard your mental health, your time, and your overall well-being. Remember, work is just one aspect of your life. And while it's fulfilling and crucial and you love it, I get it, it shouldn't be allowed to creep into every other part of your existence, especially if you want to ditch the overwhelm. So the final aspect of entrepreneurial overwhelm that I want to talk to you about today is skimping on self-care. This is a big cause of overwhelm. Now, this final tip might sound counterintuitive. You might be thinking, Melissa, the point of all of this is that I'm overwhelmed. I don't have time for self-care. But the crucial thing to understand here is that by skimping on the basic acts of self-care does not help you get more done. It does not help you achieve more in your business. It actually ensures that you're only ever operating below your peak and it can send you spiraling into burnout, which we don't want. I've been there and it's not fun. So here's the thing. In the hustle of building a business, we often sideline ourselves. We skip meals, we skimp on sleep, we shelve that workout or that yoga session that we're going to do all in favor of getting something work-related done instead. And over time, this neglect of your own needs can accumulate and it manifests as overwhelm. So the remedy here is to prioritize self-care, my friend. And I want to be really clear here. I'm not talking about making time for a bubble bath or a manicure, although those things are great. And if that's what fills up your tank, more power to you, my sister. Schedule those in and go for it. But for most of you, especially anyone who is fully knee deep in the trenches of overwhelm or who's juggling so many things right now, I'm giving you full permission here to think smaller, like start small with your self-care. Those things like mani-pedis or bubble baths are awesome. But what can be even more powerful is going back to basics and prioritizing things like eating nourishing foods drinking lots of clean water throughout the day, moving your body every day, meditating, or sitting in the sun whilst you eat your food, breathing deeply, those sorts of things. These are really basic foundational building blocks of health and well-being. But when you've got a big business dream or a big to-do list, they can all too easily get sidelined. So bringing them back to the forefront is essential and key. Now, if you are like most entrepreneurs I know, how on earth do I fit these in to an already full schedule? So here's the golden nugget for you. It's not about finding the time. It's about making the time. So let's dive into how we can weave self-care seamlessly into your business life. Now, first of all, micro moments matter. Let's debunk the myth that self-care has to be this grand, time-consuming ritual. Sometimes it's the micro moments that can be the most rejuvenating. Like you've got three minutes between Zoom meetings. Stand up, stretch, or do a quick gratitude check-in. Or a few minutes deep breathing or just stepping outside for fresh air. These things can do wonders. Secondly, start Time magic habit stacking. We talk about this in Time Magic, and it's about piggybacking one of the habits that you're already doing. For example, whilst you're making your morning smoothie, 
Spend those moments doing some deep breathing or simply stretching or whatever it is that lights you up. Or use your shower time to mentally list three things that you're grateful for. And before you know it, these little acts become a non-negotiable part of your day, just like brushing your teeth. So if you are struggling to find time for self-care, where can you stack your self-care habit on top of an existing habit? This is key. I do this all the time. I am listening to podcasts in the sauna. I am doing emails while I'm in the sauna or I'm doing work while I'm in the sauna. Time magic habit stacking is amazing. Thirdly, schedule your self-care into your calendar. You schedule meetings, workouts, deadlines, client calls, whatever it is. You schedule all of those things, right? So why not schedule your self-care? Put it in your calendar as you would for an important business meeting or appointment because it is very important. And maybe it's just a 15-minute walk outside at 3 p.m. or a 10-minute meditation session after lunch or a designated 30 minutes of reading just before bed or a workout, whatever it is. If it's in your calendar, you are more likely to treat it with the same importance as any other task. If it's not scheduled, it's not real and it will most likely not happen. So schedule everything that is important in your life into your calendar. Remember, if it's not scheduled, it's not real and it probably won't happen. And always remember, taking care of you is not selfish. It is smart. A more nourished, centered you is more capable of handling the entrepreneurial roller coaster. And it is definitely a roller coaster. So don't think of it as subtracting from your available time. Think of it as investing in the quality of all of the time that follows. Because when you are operating from a place of fullness and vitality and health and abundance, everything from your creativity to your decision-making to your output and energy gets a mega boost. And your overwhelm, it goes down big time, big, big, big time. And who doesn't want all of that? Seriously, my hand is raised right now, my friends. It is up. I want more of that in my life, for sure. So this brings us nearly to the end of this episode, and I'm going to sum everything up for you into a neat little takeaway. And then I'm going to share one more powerful tip because You've listened right to the end and you deserve one more powerful tip. So let's recap. The four main causes of overwhelm for entrepreneurs and the strategies that will help you stop them in their tracks are number one, solo syndrome. When you try to do everything yourself and get bogged down in total overwhelm. Now the solution, delegate. And we talked about different strategies based on the stage that you are at in your business and your budget. Next, we talked about the plague of perfectionism, which is just a surefire recipe for overwhelm because everything takes way longer and your to-do list gets so backed up when you are aiming for perfect. Because remember, my friend doesn't exist in any area of your life. Trying to be the perfect mother, the perfect friend, Let it go. Let it go, my friends. The solution here is three-pronged. Embrace the power of good enough. 
Let the timer decide for you and chat with a friend. Now, the third cause of overwhelm we delved into was work creep. And I suspect for a lot of you, addressing this one is going to feel so freeing. Now, our strategies here that you can start putting into action right now are setting up physical boundaries between your work and your home life, if you work from home, that is. Embrace the practice of time blocking and having a digital detox during your evenings or weekends or first thing in the morning, whatever works best for you. But it has to be somewhere in your week. Otherwise, this entrepreneurial journey is not sustainable and you may get burnt out. And we don't want that because we want you to share your gifts with the world because you have so much to share, you have so much to offer, and we need your magic out there. Okay, now the fourth and final cause of overwhelm is skimping on self-care. This is such a biggie and another area where you really can see and feel improvements so rapidly by just taking small, simple actions. The solution we chatted through here is taking advantage of micro moments, stacking your habits, doing time magic stacking and scheduling your self-care into your calendar. Remember, if it's not scheduled, it's not real and it probably won't happen. So I promised you one more final power tip for listening all the way to the end and here it is. Are you ready for it? It's super simple, but so crucial. Learn how to say no. As an entrepreneur, opportunities come from all directions. Requests come from all directions. Clients, customers, projects, they all make demands on you. However, not every opportunity aligns with your goals. So when you spread yourself too thin, you end up diluting your focus, your time, and your energy. So it is crucial that you start advocating for yourself. If you don't advocate for yourself, no one else will. So you have to advocate for yourself and your time and saying no when that's what's in your best interest. Remember, every yes that you say to one thing is essentially a no to something else perhaps something more important, perhaps something that is going to lead you further toward your big goals. So if you're saying yes to a project that isn't aligned with your goals, you might be inadvertently saying no to time with your family or a passion project or even just some much needed rest. Rest is so important. We talk about this so much in Time Magic because as an entrepreneur, as a mama entrepreneur, I can definitely get into two modes, working or mumming, and then rest, that just goes down to the bottom of the list and it's not sustainable and it's not okay. So you have to say yes to you and maybe no thank you to some other things. So next time you are presented with a decision or an ask, pause, take a breath, reflect on its alignment with your bigger picture and goals. And remember that saying no can often be the most empowering choice that you can make, especially if you are prone to overwhelm, okay? So there you have it, my friend, the best productivity hacks for entrepreneurs who are struggling with overwhelm. Gosh, this has been so fun to record this episode. 
I loved sharing this all with you because this is something that I've struggled with a lot in the past. And I really hope that these tips have been very useful for you and that you feel like you've got a lot of new ideas and tools in your toolkit that you can start putting into action right away. Now, remember, understanding the roots of overwhelm isn't about pointing fingers or beating ourselves up. It's about awareness. Everything is about awareness. Everything comes back to awareness. And when we have awareness, we can then make changes in our life. So recognizing the patterns, the triggers, and the habits that land us in a mess of overwhelm is the first step, okay? And I promise you this, change can happen so much faster than you think. It truly can. Truly, truly, truly can. Please don't forget that. So that is it, my friends. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing this space and time with me. Now, remember, the journey of entrepreneurship is as much about the inner growth as it is about the external success. So the time that you spent listening to this episode can really pay off big time in terms of how you feel and the results that you experience. So until next time, remember that in the grand scheme of our entrepreneurial journey, it's not just about the destination we reach, but the lessons we learn the challenges we overcome, and the transformations we undergo. So when overwhelm comes knocking, know that it is just another chapter, another lesson, another opportunity for growth that can allow you to take a huge leap forward. You have got this beautiful. So thank you for being here and for taking this time and If you loved this conversation, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and then come over to Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me what you got from this conversation. I absolutely love connecting with you and hearing from you. So please come and do that. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.